Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man of Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me this evening, we have Mr. Dave Black, Mr. Carl Ambridge, and the returning jet-flying Simon O'Regan. How are we, chaps? Very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, for any for any new listeners, um, Simon is a regular on the show. Um thought you would know Who? that season. So, uh, Who, sorry? Who's yeah, welcome guy? back. <laughs> Nature boy. <laughs> I was going to say, well, that, that intro sound like you're going to go in the whole Ric Flair um, way the deal in front of a gun. But... Do you know what? I would bet it's wasted on Simon. I, I tried it in the WhatsApp group and he's just like, huh? Doesn't mean yeah. that. I'm not wasting such quality material on somebody like him. The peasant. <laughs> Welcome I, back, by the way, mate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that, that was about as... as uh, as warm a welcome as I've come <laughs> to expect from, from you guys on this podcast. So that's, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> you know there's no sentimentality in a Scotland. <laughs> I don't know what you expect. <laughs> um, anyway, on last week's show, not that you were part of that, Simon, um, last time I promise, um, Carl, Dave and me did a midweek prediction on the games that we weren't covering. Um, oh, two, yep, two points for a correct score, one point for a correct result and zero points for a incorrect one. Um, I was bottom with six points, Dave second with seven, and leading was Carl with eight. Yeah. Um, out of 20, it's pretty shit. But, yeah. But yeah. oh, a one. The, the <laughs> listeners come and expect no less from us. <laughs> no. No. Um, and we'll leave the, the results of the Premier League poll till the end when we, we discuss defensive materials. So let's crack straight into the games. Uh, Carl, up first was you v me in the the Merseyside derby. Um, a pretty drab nil nil. Um, it wasn't drab to be honest. It was quite an um, it was quite an entertaining nil nil to be fair. Um, I thought we did. I thought we done okay. I thought actually I thought we done better than okay. I thought we nullified a lot of your body attack. Um, I was worried about um, Diaz. And um, Nunes, I mean, don't get me wrong, Nunes had a, a couple of chances, and to be fair, he should have buried one of them. Um, I thought Patterson was unbelievable. Um, I thought Jordan Pickford was even better. Sorry to, sorry to kill you all there, but he was. Um, he was, he was actually really good, and he led from the back. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Connor Cody played really well. <laughs> um, onto the goal. Oh, sorry, inverted commas goal. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was offside, I suppose. Um, I 
jumped up and down like a divvy for 15 seconds and <laughs> smacked my knee on the on the seat in front of me and sliced all my knee open. So thanks for that, Connor. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's tough to take, especially when it takes that long. I'm sure we'll come on to the AR a lot more. But it just, it's just killing the game. As soon as I seen checking for possible off, offside, I said, this is getting disallowed. Obviously, I couldn't I couldn't really see, obviously, because it happened that quick. It was just, it was in the back of the net. I'm jumping up and down like a lunatic. Um, but as soon as I seen possible offside, I went, this is getting disallowed, this. Um, Van Dijk, lucky, lucky boy to stay on the pitch, not going to lie. Uh, I thought it's a straight red. No arguments. Sorry, it's a straight red. I think Milner handballed it in the box. No one decides to look at that because Alisson, to be fair to Alisson, he does make a good save. But he clearly moves with his elbow and puts his elbow to the ball. But on the whole, I think Everton, I thought, I thought we'd done really well. Um, I thought Liverpool were poor. Uh, Alexander-Arnold, Jesus Christ, he was getting tied up in knots. He was awful. Getting ragged off for a 90-year-old James Milner is never good. Um the grief lad at the back, I thought he was shocking. Um, your only spark was Nunes had an alright game, but like I said before, he probably should have scored. Allison had a great game for you. But on the whole, if you're going to, because Salah probably should have scored at the end, who was absolutely anonymous, by the way, as well. Got sent for a hot dog by a Wolby as well. So that was fun. Um, but on the whole, nil-nil. 1-1-2-2 probably would have been a fair result but there's definitely positives there for us for finally um, but we just need that win badly um, and I don't think we're going to get it next week so hopefully the week after that Yeah I mean in fairness you pretty much summed up through everything that I've read through like all the, the Liverpool fans that in the, the WhatsApp group that I'm in pretty much said the same you know like um, it was really end to end for one bit as well I believe keeper after keeper was just making save after save. Um, obviously, the two big chances Liverpool missed that I've seen now, the, the save for Pickford uh, from Nunes and then Diaz smacking off the boat. I don't understand the, the scientific logic, how it hits so inside the post and doesn't go in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, little clips that I've seen. Patterson looked good. Um, Liverpool midfield's just a disgrace. Um, it is. It, it was getting overrun by ours. Yeah. And that, that's the first time I could see that for any team. When it, it was starting to show, because especially when Garner came on, who was who played really well when he came on. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was just he was everywhere, and you uh, didn't have a clue how to deal with it. It was. There's a, there's a meme going about Twitter that Fabinho just after the game just now was just dead. You know, because he's just, he's the only midfielder we've got. Like, I mean, Elliot, he's, he's doing fine, but it's not exactly a midfielder, you know, like a traditional number eight type. No. Um, Cavalios, according to everybody, wasn't really in the game much. No, he, did, he didn't was, get a chance on the ball at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a midfielder either, in fairness. Like, you know, he did all right midweek against Newcastle when he came on, but he's not, he's not a midfielder, you know what I mean? In a game that, you you guys were going to always pack, you know, you weren't going to be, it wasn't going to be expansive football, so they needed to be in control in the middle, and I suppose that's where they missed Thiago, I know uh, Arthur, Arthur, whatever his name is, came on in the second half, but the the worrying sign for Liverpool is Trent, um, I know you said Simicas was terrible, but uh, everybody I spoke to on the Liverpool side said he was, he was probably the most consistent player at the weekend for Liverpool, 
Um, so again, having not seen it, but I've been crying out for him to start over Robo for months um, because Robo's been it's just as bad as the way Trent was on Saturday, according to, and Trent's not been good for a while. He, but they're just overplayed. We're so reliant on fullbacks. Yeah, uh, it's where the squad's going to come <coughs> in. Um, guys, any used to want to add anything to this? Or is Carl pretty much summed it up. I think yes. So now hit the nail on the head. It was uh, it was really enter- as nil nils go. It's like one of the, one of the more entertaining ones that you'll see. Um, Pickford, uh, we we've we've been very critical of him over the years. We've been doing this, but you got to credit where it's due. He made made some really good saves. The one from Nunes, especially tip on Spurs, was an excellent save. Uh, I, I agree with Carl as well that Van Dijk was extremely lucky to have stayed on the pitch. Um, that you know, it's a red card. I think he's like a malicious intent to do him. He's, he's missed times the challenge, but he's mistimed it poorly and probably should have seen red. Um, but no, I think a draw was probably a fair result. Perfectly yeah. fair in the picture Carl showed me. But anyway, we'll move <laughs> on. To the, we'll move on to the Brentford Leeds game um, and. Leeds took an absolute tonking here, Dave. Um, 5-2, Ivan Tony with a hat-trick. Yeah, Brentford were, well, Ivan Tony in particular was, was brilliant again. Um, it, we, he's really come on a, a lot uh, since the start of last season. Um, Leeds tried to go toe-to-toe with them, really, and then just, just couldn't. Got blown away in the end. Um, Brentford are... When they're good, they're very good. Um, there's been a few games recently where they probably should have won and haven't, um, or haven't really played as well as they as well as they might. But um, they were really good here. Leeds obviously have a little bit of a soft centre. I think it's probably fair to say um, the manager seems like a very angry man a lot of the time, uh, and finally finally got his red card, which has been coming for seven weeks now. Um, but yeah, Leeds. Are kind of one of those teams where you know when everything's going for them, they'll, they'll play well at the Chelsea of the week. But um, if other teams get at them, they don't have a particularly solid call to try and save them through tough periods of games. Like I mean, Lorente at centre half, what he was doing for the one of the goals where he he basically just stood on it and stood the body got tackled by Wissa. Like that's not a good idea. Um, so. They'll be, I think they'll be all right, but the, 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 that's in Sinestra. Um, looks like it isn't there. Carly probably saw him on yeah. whatever night it was. He obviously got a nice goal Tuesday night here. Um, so I'm sure when he signed, someone was saying he was actually every bit as good as Anthony in the Dutch League, which I know it's the Dutch League, but um, he's really highly rated in that regard. Um, looks decent, but I'm just a bit worried about them uh, defensively, as, as ever. Um, they're probably better, well, they are better than they were in the Bielsa defensively, but um, they're still there to be got at a lot of the time. Yeah, although they're better defensively, they've given up a lot of other stuff that they, they had under Bielsa. It's, they almost need a combination of the two, um, if that was entirely possible. Um, either of you two got much to add. Obviously, the, the talk points are going to come massively next to the game. This seemed like a, bit of a fairly straightforward game. Um, Carlos Simon, anything to add on this one? I was just I was just gonna say about that Lorente. It, I, I think he's dreadful. I absolutely I watched him against us and he was just getting turned inside and out. Um, Dave touched on it. Then he just seemed to just walk, watch him walk. 
it's it's really strange. But I don't know, Leeds have got some good players, but I mean it was leading the ladies what happened to them on deadline day, to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. When that <laughs> winger signed never on a jet fails a medical. I mean that only that stuff happens to Everton to be fair. <laughs> um, but I, I know you touched on it there, Dave. I cannot bear their manager. He is such a dickhead. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, I I agree. He's he's, he's not. But do we not? Do we think he he adds a point on that incident though? Like that that probably should have been a bit. If, if the Brentford penalty was a penalty, then Leeds probably should have had a penalty for that. Yeah, I go with that. Sounds like yeah. too much logic that you're giving the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, no, what, the, the next 10, 15 minutes are going to just put everything you've just said to shame. <laughs> um, on that note, let's go to this. I don't, I'm going to say this is the worst decision of the weekend, but I mean, Dave might say differently. But let's go to this one. Chelsea 2, West Ham 1. West Ham take the lead with Michael Antonio. Chilwell equalises. Uh, Havertz in eighth minute, and then West Ham disgracefully have a goal disallowed uh, <laughs> two minutes later. Uh, I mean, West Ham will be delighted. Antonio's back in the goals. Um, do we even talk about the game, or do we just go straight to this VR decision? I mean, I mean, the thing I've got to say about the game is like two of the worst goals ever ever scored. For the first two goals, Antonio from half a yard nearly missed, eventually defend the side, then, uh, and then Chilwell from an impossible angle, and so the Anthony actually gets out of the way. Doesn't he? Uh, it was an alright I think. <laughs> and he just kind of pokes it towards us, which I mean, you know, obviously he couldn't do much more, but I don't know how it, how it went in. I just no, can't really not sure. Um, but then the goal that gets disallowed. Yes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can understand if VR doesn't exist. I can understand the referee disallowing this goal. But the referee didn't disallow the goal. Correct. No, no. Yeah. I'm saying if VR doesn't exist, yeah. I can accept this goal being disallowed in first yeah. play. But yeah. the fact that he doesn't disallow it, then watches the tape <laughs> and disallows it. That's, that referee either needs to be trained. Or sacked for, or the VR needs sacked for corruption because you cannot watch that and, and tell me there's any type of foul there I just don't get Jared Bowen actually jumps away he actually actively jumps over him yeah he doesn't even go in with his feet he jumps over him it's just oh it's mind blowing it's just like you can't any sort of conduct isn't a foul like I don't know if we've got in this situation I just don't know like Mm. What was he meant to do? He can't, <laughs> yeah. can't, can't tiptoe over him. Like, it's just not going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> it's the, one of the, the biggest frustrations I think every fan has with, with stuff like that is complete inconsistency with stuff as well. I mean, I, like, that's not a foul, like, pure and simple. It's not. Like, just so from our game in midweek against Arsenal, the goal we scored uh, straight from the corner, they were looking to see if there was a foul on the goalkeeper. And I don't think that was a foul in the, like for our goal on the keeper either. But you could understand more had they say disallowed that one for you know him possibly holding on to the keeper than this one. So you think, well, how like just a complete lack of consistency and common sense? That that is what really infuriates me. 
Yeah. We keep talking about this higher bar, supposedly being in place this season, which seems to be like any foul in the middle of the pitch isn't a foul. You can find a reason to chalk off a goal. Oh my God, they'll find it. Like, it's, it's, it is consistency. I mean, that's obviously the biggest problem here, but um, just an absolute farce. It's, it's, I've I, I seen people obviously tweeting about it, so like, you go and find a link just to, just to see. And I mean, you guys know I'll try and defend referees to, to the hill, um, or at least try and give like a reasonable perspective towards it. But it, there's literally zero defence. Like this is like you could understand like like the West Ham point of view saying that like this, this is sheer corruption. Yeah. Like, that's, um, and I seen. I mean, obviously there's there's more for this weekend, but the Premier League have asked for the PGMOL to do a like full investigation. What difference does it make? It doesn't. Yeah. Affect, like uh, West Ham get. I'm not saying West Ham are going to get relegated. If they get relegated by a point this season, this investigation doesn't help. Statements like that are just completely pointless because since ever since they brought VR in, every other week you have us on a podcast or any other football podcast, pundits on the TV, every single week you've got people saying, you know, this is such and such a decision is a disgrace. You know, there the needs to be a change, needs to be an explanation. Nothing ever gets done about it. No, no, and it never will, unfortunately, until the, until the old guard at the FA are changed. Mm. Um, not nothing um, will come of it. Um, but as you say, there's not really much to discuss. And, well, the, the, the biggest crime is that it gave Chelsea three points, and no one wants that. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we're talking about corruption, but we'd all welcome. Like, if that was Chelsea's goal getting disallowed, oh, we'd yeah. all be laughing. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as I say, like, the, the biggest thing about this is that the referee has not, and and I put most of the blame on the referee here. I don't care what anybody says. Like, he has not disallowed that in real time when he actually could have made a case for it being disallowed. It's the fact that he's disallowed it after watching. Instant replays in slow motion from multiple angles, and then said, "You're right. Let's disallow that." That makes it that makes it ten times worse because he's actually watched that. How how long was he there for? A minute, two minutes. That's 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 borderline cheating. It's embarrassing. They're not even trying to hide it now, are they? Ah, hundred percent. Wait, we'll move off that VR decision, Dave. Newcastle nil, Crystal Palace nil. Um, Nick Pope done excellent in my draft league, but it's um, points. So <laughs> I mean, I think he had a really good game in this. But um, well, he, I, think he some, I think he made some like nine saves, but like probably seven of them were just like routine sort of uh, right. straight, straight on jobbies. But how we didn't win this, I don't know. Like even taking out the the disallowed goal, um, we must hit every part of that goal. Quite had probably the best game he's ever had. Like he's one of the one of the rookie keepers in the league, but he was uh, on form for some reason uh, on Saturday. Uh, and there was one instance in the corner where I thought we'd scored three times, and somehow, like, I can't even explain it. There's a guy lying down on the line who managed to hook a ball away from behind him. Like, it's, it's mad. Anyway, um, the only incident worth talking about is, of course, the goal's been disallowed by Tarek Mitchell. Pushes a man over, scores an own goal, and somehow gets away with both. Absolutely insane. Like, if you haven't seen it, right, all those in the box from a free kick on the halfway line, headed back across, two words running in, right, 
is either going to hit because that's you know what he's there to do, or B he's going to get pushed over and concede and win a penalty, right? So Mitchell pushes him over, okay? Now because he's moving, he gets he gets pushed into the goalkeeper who lies down. Unsurprisingly, the ball then hits Mitchell, having committed his crime, goes in the goal. Everyone happy, goal. And then gets reviewed, and for some reason they they don't even re- they don't look at the fact that Joe Willock's being pushed. Like, why else would he go clear in the goalkeeper? He's not edge. He doesn't speed him for no reason. Like, <laughs> like leave the ball and just let the goal. Like, why would he do that? Uh, so anyway, they decided that the push was well, apparently irrelevant, and that the fact he's clear with the keeper is enough reason to disallow the goal. Um, which again is insane. Now, if they pulled it back and said, well, it's a penalty because whatever reason, right? I could have taken that because on some stupid level you could probably argue that yes, um, he took the goalkeeper out, but he, was, he only took the keeper out because he was fouled and he would say, well, have a penalty for it. Um, I could live with that, but no, it's a free kick to Crystal Palace because, and that's why. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had, a, we've had a series of stinking decisions recently. I think pretty much every game this season there's something going against us. Um, and it's I mean it's one win in in uh, what are we on six seven how many games we've played, um, and this is, this is the first kind of bad result. Um, the way draws have had uh, and the draw with Man City were all decent results for me. Um, we were second away from drawing Liverpool on Wednesday night. We're not getting at that, um, but this is the first game where I thought we probably should have won. Um, in both in terms of the play and the fixture itself, and obviously we haven't. Um, and it's not our fault at all. Can any of you two defend the, the referee's decision on this one? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? See, when you were talking through it again, David, just remind me, I take it back, this might be the worst decision of the weekend. Like, the fact that you technically two decisions have gone against you in the one, in the one <laughs> unit. Well... It's just infuriating because, like I say, like the, the guys essentially committed a foul and scored no goal, and so I got away with both. Like, how on earth did they get to that? I've just got no idea, no idea at all. Um, I mean, see, see on these decisions, the biggest thing I want, and it's never going to happen, I know this, right? But I want them to come out and defend their decisions. Yeah, I want them to come out and explain them. Exactly, uh, and they never will. And I've said it in fight sports as well. Judges and referees, they, they should, and maybe not to us, but they should have to sit down in front of even the managers or, I don't know, there needs to be a group, a panel that needs to sit around with these guys explaining these decisions. So well, that, well, I don't, I don't know what I would do, but... The ref on the field gave the goal, right? And there isn't a clear and obvious error as to why it isn't the goal because of the reasons I've just gone through. So why is someone who's more experienced then turn around and go, ah, that's actually a foul? And obviously the inexperienced ref's going to go, hmm, aye, right? I better not upset the, the you know, the top yeah. class here. And Which again goes back to until all these dinosaurs are out of the game. Well, exactly. Now, and unfortunately all the young ones are now corrupted by these dinosaurs so much. <laughs> I just think but it's going to get even better when Howard Webb takes over. That, fucking, that, bas- <laughs> that bastion of referee in society. Like, mm, no. Man United are going to win the quadruple. Four times. Yeah. <laughs> With him at the helm. Remember, remember the late nineties uh, in in the World Wrestling Federation, um, refs kept making mistakes, so they kept, they kept they taking finish, finishes every week until they went on strike. 
Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that like violence is the answer. But if Lee Mason has to take Chokeslammer too for this to change, I'm fine with it. <laughs> remember when? Remember when Ric Flair had his own referee just so they could cheat? Yeah. I'm also well. That's the Howard Webb thing, isn't it? For Man United. That's, it. that's, that's when Man United went to pot. <laughs> um, yeah, Dave I, Dave. I can't console you at all. I am obviously a hell of a week with a with a last minute uh, goal and then this diabolical decision. But um, uh, great times. Uh, on to oh. on to next week. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> next up, Nottingham Forest two, Bournemouth three. Um, seems like a fun game. Dom Solanke scored in the Premier League. Simon, we've been up for you for a while. <coughs> yeah, it was. Um, I mean, Forest. I think would be pretty devastated with this. This is the type of game they need to be winning. And tune up at half time to Bournemouth. You should really be home and dry. Um, obviously, Bournemouth. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, you may not have seen the goal. I don't know how much of the football you watch these days. But uh, Binning's goal. <laughs> To get Bournemouth back into it was an absolute. I've, I think it's what the kids would call a thunder bastard strike. <laughs> I mean, he absolutely levers into the top corner, and then, like you say, Solanke. Not only did he score, but with the overhead kick. Now, who would yeah. have ever thought Dominic Solanke would be scoring bicycle kick in the Premiership? Well, I was at, I was at a game when Christian Benteke did it against Man United, so anything's possible. But that was back in the days when he was still a decent player. I mean, we're talking about Dominic Solanke, who's never been a decent player. <laughs> Hey, um, twenty-eight million pound, Don Solanke. <laughs> You'll be the whole. And then, uh, then, then, then the winning goal—just um, a real naivety. I think it was Kenna or McKenna. I think it was the Forest defender. Yeah. Ball down the wing. You just—you've—you've you've been pegged back to two-two. Just take the point and just head the ball out of play and reset. He, he tries to be too clever, get and gets caught out, and, and they lose it. But. I mean, Bournemouth, obviously, what, four points now from the two games since they sat Scott Parker. I, I still see them finishing bottom of the table and going down. But Forest, it's a massive, massive blow for them because, as I say, that they, they really, these are the type of games they really should be winning. And just, and just as a quick one as well, talking as, as we've been on the subject of poor refereeing decisions, not that he made a difference in the long run in the end, but Forest, the penalty that Forest got, I thought that was a really, really harsh penalty to give. Um, I don't know what you guys think of it, but I don't, you, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's put his hand out. He's just turning in the box to block the shot. And the uh, fact the referee goes over and looks at it and still thinks, yeah, that's that's a deliberate. I, I personally thought it was, it was quite a harsh decision to give that. I think when you're having a shot at goal and the defender's made himself bigger, Kind of sign your own death warrant for me. I mean, I know obviously the, the VAR ref thought otherwise, but I'm kind of pleased the ref hasn't changed his mind. Probably even hasn't this weekend, but hopefully it started a bit of a trend because I think a lot to be said for the ref on the field having a better feel for what's actually happened than mm. someone watching it from a thousand angles slowed down, um, et cetera, et cetera. But the fumble handball is always going to be quite, um, Selective, you know, it's not black and white as some decisions will be. Yeah, that's it. Did make a difference in the end. So obviously, Bournemouth went, come on, come back and got the win. But uh, yeah, that's that would be. I'd be. That's the type of result that if you're a Forest fan, can very quickly kill that 
uh, sort of early season optimism and enthusiasm you haven't been back in the Premier League like that, that that's a result that really sort of hits you and brings you back down to earth and gives you a bit of a reality check of, of how tough a league you're actually in now do you, do you think a result like that for, for Forrest is down to obviously such a high turnover in players as well? You know, just, Definitely. Um, like, I, I know they've needed, I think a lot's been made of this, the signing of players as well. For everything I've read on them, that it's actually maybe not as many as they have signed, but you know it has been needed, a bit like the Palace last year, the year before, whenever it was. Um, but as you say, 2-0 up, naive mistakes. I, I wonder, as you say, Carl, you agreed there, it is a bit of a just that naivety and coming together still, and would you wonder if they would have made it in six months' time, say? I don't know. Um, I mean, as much as everyone is enjoying the fact that they've, they've bought 21 plays, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous when you think about it. <laughs> um, I've, I mean, I don't want to sound like a bit of a knob, but I genuinely want them to go down now. Um, I want them to go down, so go, ha, but... <laughs> Yeah, that, that doesn't make you sound like a knob at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, you know me. I know what you mean. The players have bought far too good to go down. I know it's a stupid saying, but like, they've bought pretty well. It's just they've bought yeah. so many of them. Yeah, and that, that, that's one thing, but at the end of I don't know, maybe I'm just better. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You're jealous because they got 21 and you can't get more than three. Hey, Reap signed eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough, right. Anyway, we'll move on to a London derby of sorts. I'm not even going to try and guess which kind it was. The white London derby, that's what it was. <laughs> um, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Fulham 1. Um, I don't know what to say this, Carl, but Mitrovic is making you look like a complete and other dickhead. Because, um, <laughs> is that five for the season for Mitrovic? Six, isn't it? Six? Well, to be fair, I did, I did last week actually say it was tongue and cheek. <laughs> oh, God, what a goal. What I, I I keep on saying this every week. I I really do like Mitrovic. I think he's a great player. I mean, sorry, great a bit far fetched, but <laughs> he, he is good. He, he's 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 a lot more equipped. That's probably the best way. Like he's, he, I mean, he's an absolute lunatic. We all know that. But we've touched on this a few times. He just looks so much better this time than he did a couple of seasons ago. He just he's playing with so much confidence, and I'm not being funny. That goal. Knock knock inside goal. I mean, that's a lovely strike, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just the way he's just used his foot to bend it. I mean, Tottenham come away to win. It's just Conte, isn't it? But I'm very very impressed with Fulham at the minute. To be fair, I, I I'll still go with the fact that their starting eleven is absolutely dreadful, and it's gonna the the bubble's gonna bear soon. But at the moment, yeah, the two and what they, I know they got beat, but how many points have they got? Eight. I didn't think he'd have that, that many points. I don't think anyone did, to be fair. Well, good. Fair play to them. Fair play to my man, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it coming from them. Um, I think the, the key point you said all of it, though, is even when Mitrovic scored, what, we eight minutes to go, plus stoppage time, you probably, and Spurs fans are probably feeling the same, you, you probably are fairly confident that Spurs aren't going to drop points now, and it's the, it's the Conti factor, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, he's uh, he's made them a lot more of a, you know, a professional proper outfit. They're not like they're not as much of a mess as they used to be, um, unfortunately. But hmm. Fulham, Fulham was kind of hung on in this until the last ten minutes. Then Mitrovic had a really good go win this game by himself. But 
Um, Tottenham just had enough in the end, but um, as uh, Carl said, Fulham, uh, you know, he's, he's made that team better than some of its parts. They, individually, they don't look great, but um, as a team, they, they seem to play for each other, and uh, there's a lot going for them. I mean, they, they beat um, Brighton in midweek, and you know, Brighton are very good. It's uh, it's unusual um, to see a promoted team come about like this. It's it's nice for them, but uh, I don't know. If they can sustain it all season or not. Yeah, uh, time will tell. Kind of, I don't know. I think we've all got them to go down in the predictions. Um, I'd be very surprised if they stay up. Um, Let's go to our friend Ralph next. Um, They beat Chelsea midweek. It was Chelsea they beat, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And then lose to Wolves (laughs) on the Saturday afternoon, Carl. A 1 0 Wolves win. uh, Cadence for the goal. Che uh, Adams with a goal disallowed. Um, it's, it's probably Southampton to a T this week, and um, again we still wonder how Wolves win games. Yeah, two dull teams. These two very <laughs> dull teams. Um, that fella, that Wolves have signed. Uh, that Guedes, whatever his name is, they clearly don't fancy him because they took him off two weeks in a row after half time. Um, but that fella that went on, the striker that he's won, he's just done his ACL apparently. Um, and they've signed Diego Costa. <laughs> and that's yeah, not either. He's going, for, he's going for a trial, isn't he, to prove his Yeah, he's signing, isn't he, let's face it. Well, I say, like, this, this um, striker they've signed who, like, oh, he said his knee was a bit uncomfortable at half time and turns out it's an ACL. Like, it's a bit like. Oh, my leg hurts, that's broken. Right. <laughs> 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 They've understatement, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought you would have run that one off. Yeah, seems Diego Costa and this Wolves team's going to be bleeding hilarious, to be honest. He's not <laughs> Portuguese, what's going on? I know. This <laughs> <laughs> must be his agent. Um, it, 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 same, same arguments again for Wolves. It's literally the same player over and over and over again. And Diego Costa's going to be like, who's just passed me that ball? Was it Neto? Was it Potence? I don't know which one it was. But, oh, two dull teams. Two teams that I don't really like. And, I mean, you know my feelings on Ralph. Uh, I'm glad he got beat. He's a baby. <laughs> I don't think enough has been made of how bad shit happens. Misses an open. Oh, that was so <laughs> funny. That was so <laughs> funny. I mean, he's literally half a yard out and he manages to mess up his head up so badly it goes in off his hand. Like... <laughs> Is that what the disallowed goal was? Was it? Yeah, I literally yeah. like Ali go, mate. If there's only if there's one thing you're going to watch from that game, and to be honest, why would you want to watch anything from that game? But go and watch Trey Adams' disallowed goal. I'm trying to find it just now on the. On the I've seen it. It's funny. Oh, um, right. This is great podcast listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> That's been our new feature, which is Ali reacts. <laughs> Ali reacts to that, that? bad instance. That, that, that is worse than the VAR decisions in both of the games. How did you do that? It's just the way he jumps, it's hilarious. It's just like what, what, the ball just lands on him, doesn't it? It's mad. He's got the cheek to celebrate like he scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like VAR does, I know, like, bear in mind what we've just spoke about, but VAR does exist, boy. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, I think that's I think that's enough on that game. Um, right, side. I mean, you've been away for like seven weeks, and 
um, your team will be fairly shit and we've had great joy. <laughs> uh, again, Tyrone Mings, Gerrard, um, not playing Buendia, um, and when you do, you change your system just to screw them over. Um, but, an unexpected point um, at home in Man City here. Um, you must be fairly fairly chirpy after this one. Yeah, I was, I'm pretty happy. I mean, uh, unexpected is, is a bit of an understatement. I was fully expecting a sort of bare minimum 5-0 to Man City, to be honest. Um, but, unbelievably, Gerard actually thought about his team selection and thought about who the opposition were and played, put a team out to try and combat what they were doing and, and it worked. I mean, the first half, the first 20 minutes, half an hour, it, I mean, it was all City, but they did nothing with it. They had a lot of the ball, but we did really well at restricting them to, to half chances at best. And then as the first half wore on, we kind of got a bit more confidence and tried to get forward a bit more. And it looked like we could cause some problems. You're going to at half-time, nil-nil, thinking, OK, well, that, that was pretty decent, but you know, there's still another 45 to go. And obviously, very quickly into the second half, you fall 1-0 down, and you think, OK, well, here we go. We, we gave it a good go for 50 minutes, but you know it, it, this is going to be embarrassing now. But fair play. The, the players really, they didn't let their heads drop at all. They stuck to, to what they were doing. And then he raised... Uh, the right decision in taking McGinn off the Coutinho and dropping Ramsey back into the midfield three. And I, for me personally, if we're having a midfield three, it should be uh, Camera, Ramsey and uh, Douglas Louise has got to be the three. That's the best combination we've got. We got, we got into the game, we grew in a bit of confidence. We had a really good chance with Ramsey where his first touch let him down and you kind of thought that that was it because you don't get many chances against City. When you do, you've got to take them and so I was obviously disappointed, but we kept going at it. Got ourselves the equaliser. And as I said, City, they had to look at, obviously quite a few shots on target, but I don't remember Martinez making any absolute worldly saves. He made decent saves, but saves that I would expect him to make. The closest time I think they really came was the De Bruyne free kick that hit the top of the bar. I mean, that's obviously a couple of inches lower. Martinez isn't getting anywhere near it, but I, I, I thought I thought we did we deserved the draw. Then obviously City will look at, at the possession that they had and the amount of shots they had compared to us. We only had the one shot on target, and you could make an argument that they didn't do an awful lot wrong and probably should have won it. But I just thought from a defensive point of view, we were so disciplined. But well, Ashley Young, when he he came on for Cash in midway for about after half an hour, Cash went off injured. I think Young have only played one minute of football this season, so I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried, but I thought he was excellent and had Foden in his back pocket pretty much uh, for the whole game that he was on. And I know you you guys all love to slag Tyrone Mings, and sometimes justified, so I'll, I'll admit that, but I, I thought in the main, he actually handled Haaland pretty well. Haaland's a world-class player, and he's going to come on top in certain duels during the 90 minutes. But overall, I, I thought Mings dealt with him as good as most people could probably deal with Haaland. So, yeah, I was, I was obviously really, really pleased. The big thing now is our next four games are Leicester, Southampton, Leeds and Forest. 
So this this means it will mean nothing if we go and lose at Leicester next weekend. We've we've got to back this up now as a good use as a good solid starting base to be hard to beat and be better defensively, and then let the more attacking players once you've got that base go and do their thing. But we we really really have to follow this up now, otherwise it's it's a waste. It's good performance. Yeah, 100%. Like, you've just mentioned those next four games. Like, for a team of Villa, I don't know if you've listened to the, the shows when you've not been on, uh, but but I've said this this Villa team, squad-wise, is a comfortable top eight team. With, oh, with, with, 100%. With a proper manager, um, I, I think this is a top eight team. Getting it right, the squad options are there. And, obviously, the form list around Southampton, Leeds and Forest. Like, I, I know it's it's always hard to say twelve points should be expected, but you you, you can be expecting no less than ten points out of these twelve um, if you're going to have a good season. Like if you want to be finishing in that top half of the table, absolutely. I I yeah. think so, and I, I think serious questions have to be asked. Gerrard's had everything he's wanted from these owners. Um, he's he's changing. I mean, I'm not you know my thoughts on Tyron Mings. Um, I think changing the captain. Especially to, and I'm a fan of him again being a captain, don't get me wrong. But I don't think you needed to make him a club captain sort of thing. I, then, I agree. Because then he's not droppable. You can't then drop him. And I agree with you, your strongest midfield probably is Kamara, Ramsey and Louise. Um, or, or with Bundia and Coutinho, one of them. But I think with McGinn in there, like, you, you, you almost have to play him every week now. You can't drop him. Um, there was no reason Mings couldn't have just stayed as club captain. You know he's probably the leader in the dressing room and the leader about the place. I, what, okay. I, I don't get this. Like, and it's 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 a British thing. Like, why is there such mm. a big deal over who's captain? It's a bloody armband. Yeah, but I, I think with that, my my feelings on on that was I, I don't have a problem with a manager wanting to come in and pick his own captain. That's absolutely fine. But it was the way it was done, and then obviously. So then when he, he dropped Mings then for the opening game against Bournemouth and after the game when we lost and he's asked about dropping Mings and he, he criticised, he like sort of had a go at him and you're thinking, uh, you've read the room wrong here, Gerard. I was like, I, th- I think you'll find he's more popular amongst the fans than you are. So it, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was the way it was handled and, and I think that that's where he sort of put himself on the on the back foot. And and the thing with Mings as well, obviously, you know, we all know how, how we all feel about him on this podcast, but the the facts are that statistically we are a better team when he plays than when he doesn't. So I'm not saying that you can't go and buy a better player than him, but the players that you've got at the moment, he's we are better when he plays. So why I, I didn't understand that. And um, but yeah, they, Gerard, I feel, I still think he's he's under a lot of pressure. I mean, yesterday was kind of a free hit. If we lost say three or four nil, I think people would have gone, yeah, I. I you know that 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 would that would be expected. These next two games against Leicester and Southampton before the international break, if we were to lose both of them, I I would be gobsmacked if he wasn't sacked then during that international break. He we cannot lose those two games. I wouldn't put it past it. Um, another VAR decision. Well, not really actually VAR, just a, a refereeing decision. Obviously, the disallowed Coutinho goal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Sorry, go on, sorry. I, I was just going, like, with, with that one, I, some of the fans have gone, like, really mental about it, saying we were robbed off the goal. 
the, the referee blew the whistle before he got the yeah. shot away. I mean, I I think he got past Mares and would have still got the shot away, but there's probably Edison. I think would have made more of an attempt to save yes. it yeah. than he yeah. did. So you can't. I've got no major anger about that, but it's just the fact that this is that it happened in the first place that the ref that the line put his flag up. I thought, yeah, that's that's the thing that got me. I thought that when VR came in, the referees were instructed, well, the assistants were instructed to keep the flag down when it's like that. So did I, but as we've as we've discussed already, <laughs> yeah, <it's> well, <laughs> sorry for thinking logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm is probably one of the biggest critics as well, um, but I will give him a lot of credit for that move to keep him on side, keep himself on side. His movement was very good in the clip that I've seen. Uh, yeah. To to stay onside, then come back, nip the ball. Very continuous, and as I say, he's the perfect YouTube player. He can perform for five minutes every night. Now. Um, <laughs> but one of five minutes. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's <laughs> phenomenal. But at, at a team like Liverpool, you can get away with it. But at Villa, he needs to do more. Um, and that'll come. Uh, one quick question. Bailey over Ings in a game like this. Obviously, it's worked out, so hindsight, I can shut my face. But I would say that against City, Ings is almost perfect for that because you know he's just going to work his arse off. Yes. The only thing I'd say, with, well, I think it, it was obviously the right thing to have uh, Bailey. And he had Ramsey starting further up on the left. Because I think the thinking was Bailey and Ramsey are quick and can run with the ball. They can carry it over long distance. So I think the thinking was, on the limited occasions where we're going to get the ball back, you need people with speed who can carry it quick, quickly. I think that was probably the thinking behind it. Yeah, I think uh, people have looked how Newcastle played against City a few weeks ago, and that'll be the blueprint now until City go away to stop it because we had huge, <laughs> huge success with Drake on the counter with St. Max and you know Almiron and Wilson, whoever else. Um and I think that's probably the way to play against it. It's, it's, obviously, City are obviously very good at what they do, but they don't have to take chances. I mean, they, they leave like one or, one or two back against us, ultimately three or four on occasion. So, like, it's, uh, they can't be got at if you play it right. Yeah, uh, well, that brings us to the end of Saturday. Um, let's take a short break there before we come on to the Sunday and the Premier League team of the history, technically, as voted by you um, as the results will come in. We will be right back. And we are back. Um, let's go through the two Sunday games. A game I was absolutely delighted. Just a double delight this fucking game <laughs> the result. Um, not only did that absolute dickhead get humped and they're sitting bottom of the league, uh, but are we Brighton one five two? Uh, Carol, this was a nice one to see you. You join me in the the, the anti broad stream. Yeah, um, it's always good to see last year Tom, isn't it? Um, I mean, I w- <laughs> Saka's goal was actually really well taken. If you've seen it, um, great ball by Telemans and. Saka uh, just puts it in and does that stupid celebration he does. <laughs> um, but Brighton were Brighton completely took over. Uh, that disallowed goal, if any of you have seen it, mm. that hit, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Travesty that's been disallowed. It's yeah, we we all said it. We, I was talking to me mate, and we were like, that is the best goal of this season, and it's been disallowed. <laughs> it is some some hit that um, Brighton are just 
they're turning to weird territory again now a bit. Um, obviously getting beat by Fulham, but they don't score five ever. So you know, I'm here for that. That was that, that's quite good. Um, I say this every week. They're just they're just the same player. They're just, they're, they just but they just get it done. And fair play to them. Fair play to Potter again. I mean, they could have folded there because. Obviously, it went to one nil, well, one nil, one one, two one, two two, and then they just blitzed them. Leicester, they're just bad. They, don't you remind me of us last season under Rafa? Absolutely shocking. They just, <laughs> they just don't care. They, they literally, because they've scored them two goals, they thought, oh, we've given it a go now. That's Danny Ward is getting literally worse every week. He's atrocious goalkeeper. He's on borrowed um, time, isn't he? Surely. But he's but he's just he's not even half the problem though. Um it's it's the manager and he's surely, surely done now. Surely. He keeps having arguments with the board now, doesn't he? Like in these post match interviews where he's like, Well, I'm doing everything I can, but it's a shame I went back in the summer. It's like he's spent an absolute fortune really on over time on uh, on the entire squad and you've got Ndidi playing centre half, like whose fault's that? <laughs> Best of guard signing looks great every every week. That you know, well, he, he, God, the uh, weirdest signing in history. Honestly, that like, how does it? I mean, I know he's not the best player in the world, obviously, but how he's not getting a single minute at the minute with that defence is falling apart. And then who else is on the bench? Oh yeah, Castagna, that's been Belgian international. Why bother when they've got Luke Thomas? Like, what? Like, what? What? I mean, that's just bad. I'm sure, he's, sure there's been a fallout there or something. Like, it's just I mad. think so. I think so. It's, it's, it's like like we're all saying. He, he's, I can't see them sticking with them at all. Because I mean, we all know that how nice they are, the Leicester. But they've got they've got to look at this and go, listen, we're bottom here, and we're we're we're, we're, fa- we're fading fast. Um, yeah. Something needs to give you. They've led in sixteen goals in six games. Yeah. Wow. It's not good. I think as if that's true of what I said last week about the owners looking to sell off as well. You need to be in a good position to, to sell and get get some money back and um, yeah, bottom of the league and drifting away. Um, as Simon says, obviously they've got Villa next, so Villa can take three points there. Um, be handy. <laughs> yeah, even I'd be delighted. For I mean, I like just I'm touching on Leicester and everything. I I can I can see them going down this season. Just everything seems to be. Like just going wrong there, and it's just—it's a really weird, just really weird atmosphere around the club, and mm. yeah, it's just one of those. You know, you know, sometimes you just get a feeling that everyone can just see it coming. This this season just got relegation all over it, and that's what it looks like. At yeah. Leicester. When, you, when you say in there, Carl, that they they remind you of yourselves last season, they remind us of how we were the year we went down under Remy Guards. It's, it's just really, really bad. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, uh, tell you what, man, the penalty that um, Leicester gave away to where Ndidi decides to push, pull, and then finally kick him <laughs> out of the floor. Like, fantastic. That's what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just like, I'll reiterate what Sai is saying there. Everything's just going wrong. Like, I, I seen you at 1 0 up when I switched, like, switched it on. I was like, 
Oh, they might win, yeah. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm gobsmacked that Tiedemann's is still at that club. I'm really surprised no one came in for him in the window. I think he, I think he's got an attitude problem. I think there's something going on there with him. Because he's a yeah, great he's player. He's got an attitude problem playing for Brendan Rodgers as well. Yeah, he's got an attitude for that. I think, I think there's something going on with him. He's got less than a year left on his contract, and he's probably an arsehole. Like if you, you'd probably just wait and see him for now, wouldn't you? Like, he might go in January, I suppose. He might, but I, I always get the feeling that Rogers would rather he'd left because then he could have reinvested in someone who actually wants yeah. to be there. Yeah, and that probably goes for two or three of them. And I stand by what I said last week: Vardy's finished. Like, yeah. obviously, he got he got dropped today, and, and his, well, the two players who replaced him both scored. So I think. Uh, mm. They spent big on Dhaka last year as well, didn't they? And yeah, he's, he's seen young as well. Like, there's still time for him to uh, to fulfil his potential, but I think a 35-year-old Jamie Vardy is uh, not the answer anymore. New contract with him now. Well, a new contract, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we gave you Milner one, so I completely understand the logic. <laughs> <laughs> The arguably shock of the weekend, but almost my smugness is coming out here that Arsenal are still Arsenal. Mm. Uh, Man United 3, Arsenal 1. Um, Dave, I'll come to you for your logicness. Uh, I see some <laughs> um, drama over Martinelli's disallowed goal, but others saying it's within the rules, so. It was a foul for me, unfortunately. Right. I mean, first things first, Arsenal played really well here. For 70 minutes, they were. For the better team, um, they equalised, and then I think the inexperience of Arteta kind of took over because Man United nicked a goal against them and played a good two-one up, and Arteta just decided to go all out attack for some god awful reason, and obviously that played in Man United's hands, and they got a third and probably could add more on the break in quite once. But um, for the disallowed goal, for me, firstly he doesn't play the ball, and secondly he's got two hands on him; it's a push, like it's not like a strength thing. He literally pushes him out of the way, so. As a man who has Martinelli's FPL team, I wanted to count. <laughs> the more I looked at it, I thought, this is going to get choked off. <laughs> yeah, there was it's a, a foul, shame. I It's a shame, but it, it was a foul, I think. Yeah. Um, but what a turnaround from my new. Like, it was only three or four weeks ago we had them written off. Um, I mean, who who would have thought all I had to do was drop Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw? And <laughs> yeah, who who the fuck? Things, things have turned around. Um <laughs> Obviously, Anthony made his debut, scored a goal, was utterly anonymous for me for the rest of the time he, he was, was on. He um, was. I saw some newspaper report earlier calling him a one-man highlight reel, which is true if you only watch those two minutes. But like, <laughs> he did absolutely nothing else in the whole game. Um, I mean, he should have been but for... You can't kiss the badge if you've only played 35 minutes or two. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a criminal offence. Um, McTominay, foul of the season for um, the takedown of Gabriel Jesus. Um <laughs> We just decided he was going no further, uh, and literally waist locked him, and then just threw him over, and, uh, and then looked incredulous to be booked for it. Oh, Martinez is, is still a he, he's still a lunatic. I know people. He's obviously better. He's obviously better than how we originally wrote him off against sort of bigger strikers. But I mean, I don't think he had a particularly good game today. That's all ridiculous. Him against Holland. 
Well, I saw a ridiculous stat there. It's like he didn't lose a single tackle he went in for. And I was like, well, in the second minute, Jesus basically went past him and he got fouled. I'm sure that's losing a tackle. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> that's like the stupid stat that like Kyle Walker's never been dribbled past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't agree with that one. Uh, Rashford, um, turning in form, assisting two goals. Um, is he looking much? Obviously, he's definitely looking better because he was horrendous last year, but. Do, does he look like the rational of old? For me, he did today. Mm. Very, very good. Um, like I said, he's always going to need a certain type of game, which is like the opposition are throwing men forward and there's space in behind. Um, and I said it kind of worked out perfectly for him in the end. But I think it's, it's the consi- a consistent run of games playing through the middle. I think, it, and if you've got. People like Ericsson and Fernandez are are going to be able to find him with passes, and he's. If you think like Rashford, obviously, when the last couple of years clearly have not been great for him, but those first sort of two or three years when he was around, it, there's there's a good player there. You don't just become a bad player, and I think he, I, I think one of the biggest problems he had was the fact that. Only going to Solskjaer was his manager for a significant period of time, <laughs> and, and and you know Manu as a whole just just weren't it wasn't a great place to be. Obviously, there's still plenty of work that needs to be done there, and I don't think he's ever going to be like an ultimate you know, top top level striker. But so he, there there is a good player there, and, so, and he's he is capable of scoring goals. I think he's better. If you're having him through the middle, he's, he's better when he's just instinctive. It's, if he's got too much time to think on things, he's probably not got the football intelligence to be that elite level. But he's he's a, as an instinctive finisher, he's he's pretty decent. So yeah, I I, I personally am quite happy to see him starting to get a good run of performances together because he's he's a good player and uh, I quite like Rashford. It's been a real shift as well at Man U, because I mean, have you noticed it when Ronaldo came on, came on on the wing and left Rashford through the middle, which I thought was uh, something yeah, that probably wouldn't have happened previously. Wouldn't have happened last season, would it? No. no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Arsenal still Arsenal, so that's all I'm, I'm all I'm taking from that. Uh, who is next for Man United? They have Palace away next Sunday, which will be yeah, actually a game. game I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. 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 Um, and Arsenal are oh, they're at home Everton um, obviously Europe starts this week um, so this will be the interesting time for the the so called bigger clubs the European clubs you know having these games to see squad rotation and that come into play again yeah. uh, see how these managers uh, handle the squad um, Pep made an interesting point I don't know if any of you heard it and he almost alluded to that Haaland will be playing in the, the Champions League really um, and Alvarez is it Alvarez is that his name? Yeah, I'll play more of the, the league games unless it's for the playoff. Yeah. I, I don't believe a word he says. Like, <laughs> everything he says is just like, well, I'll rather play the league games. It doesn't, mean, it, just, it doesn't mean Haaland won't play. Just play them both. Like he, He's just he's a madman. Haaland's yeah. <laughs> definitely playing centre-half in the second leg. Haaland and Alvarez at centre-half and Kyle Walker up front. Um wouldn't, wouldn't put it past them. Um, well, that takes us to the end of the games, Champions League midweek. So there's nothing to nothing to preview. Um, 
although I am going to a football game this week, I am going to the Celtic Real Madrid game. Ah, right. oh, nice. Get to see Real Madrid play. You got the Real Madrid um, end, no doubt. No, no, in the Celtic end. Um, <laughs> get, get a wee sing song. Um, Mm. Just um, Carl's other team got a fairly tonking on Saturday. Um, yeah, so I wasn't going to talk about I was glad he got one point because he might have been depressed for this week if that's still in there. Um, oh. Right, so Premier League team history. I don't even know what we're calling this, but um, it's, it's a mess. Man- it's a mess. Let's call it what it is. It, it's definitely a mess. <laughs> the man in the post, um, fans supported um, team Premier League team of all time. Dave um, Black and team. Ross. Ross supporter, do you mean? Jesus. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. So, so far, we have Peter Michael in goal, uh, Ashley Cole at left back, Gary Neville at right back. And now this uh, is where it goes wrong. And joining them this week is John Terry, who I'm totally fine with. Maybe yeah. one of the best centre-halves. And then at right centre-back, we have Jonathan Woodgate. I mean, um, seriously. Oh, so seriously. Well, the problem is, right... <laughs> and I'll, sorry if you'd been here, you could have helped us, but you weren't, right? So we, we, we had to give like multiple options who we dominate, right? And, and I'm not ashamed. Would be would be in my top eight centre half of the Premier League era. And if we were to win, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so let's go over the voting system here, right? So in the first one, <laughs> it was Sol Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, and Vincent Company. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, right. I can accept all four of them being in there. So, so, so Campbell only got 8% of the votes, which I thought was quite low. I thought he deserved a better turnout. Um, company with 16%, and then Rio with 37%, and John Terry with 39 So it was actually very close between the two. Um, and then in the other four, we had Tony Adams, Virgil van Dijk, Jonathan Woodgate, and Phil Jagielka. Jaggy Elka somehow got 5% of the vote. That's just, that was just like, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's with multiple, like, the Carl said, yeah, multiple Twitter accounts and that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Van Dyke with 17% of the votes. Tony Adams with 35%. And Jonathan Woodgate with the clearest lead of them all with 43%. That's Down to Ross literally getting Leeds Twitter um, involved. Um, so, that's the back four made up. Um, on to... Is there any way we could like count it on like number of votes per person rather than who won each of the individual polls? It's like <laughs> even I'm even I'm ashamed of this. <laughs> oh, you know, you made it off. Do you know what, Jonathan Woodgate? Let's be fair, was class. Um, it's just a weird. I old. mean, Tony Adams won multiple Premier League titles. Yeah, true. Yeah, but, but did, he, did he play for Real Madrid? Exactly. I mean, did Jonathan Woodgate really <laughs> play for them? Uh, he did. It, it happened. It is in black and white. Anyway, moving on. To the the defensive midfield position, um, which we discussed earlier on the what this has to be the clearest. If this doesn't win by a landslide, I'm not even doing it anymore. I'm just going to quit the podcast. Um, I'm going first because I'm getting it in. Roy Keane is my selection. Um, I go last most weeks because it doesn't really matter. But Roy Keane, hands down, the greatest defensive, possibly the greatest midfielder the Premier League's ever had. so we will leave that there. Uh, do you know what, Simon? You're going last because you can be bothered turning up recently. <laughs> uh, Carl, I'll come to you for your pick for defensive midfield. Oh, I'm going to have, sorry, sorry, Dave, sorry, I'm going to have to go with Claude. Sorry. Oh. Claude Machalili. I'd rather have Claude for the apprentice, Christ. I mean. Shut up. <laughs> Jonathan Woodgate, you'll never get past that. <laughs> 
You don't get past him either. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Black for yourself. Uh, Patrick Vieira. Oh, you get. <laughs> I was going to say Keane, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, Sai. Well, I mean, if Phil Jagielka was allowed last week, I'm surprised that uh, that we didn't get the nomination of Lee Carlsley from Carl, to be honest. I was a big surprise. Um, God, right, let me just think. I thought you'd go for Carmel, no? Keane and Vieira and Matalani were the three that I thought of what about Um, the greatest band of our generation what the the greatest band of our generation should be nominated by you (laughs) oh god oh you put me on the spot here um, Remy, Remy Gard is your name I literally messaged this about five hours ago so you can get your defence in midfield oh no it. yeah but the, I, I thought of three and you said all three of them <laughs> Tim, was Tim Shea what was the DM hey won the Premier League hey no doubt uh, I will go with I'll go with Emmanuel Petit Petit. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Uh, Petit's been in the bill as well, which obviously gives an extra point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was so surreal, huh? It was. <laughs> it was. Um, right, so we will get that poll up. Let's say it's going to be tomorrow, but the, the admin of the man in the posty, but um, <laughs> a bit hit and miss. Um, We're working, working them pretty hard at the minute, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, this is the most of what to do. Uh, <laughs> right, chaps, that's the end of the week. Anything else worth bringing up? No, I, I, well, I, was, I was just looking down the uh, the BBC Sport that Wolves offering Diego Costa a trial, and I can't believe that he's apparently only 33. <laughs> <laughs> That is the toughest paper round of all time. In the Himalayas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I um, believe we have to finish this part with a rendition of American Pie. Is that correct, Ali? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> oh, a bad bell ending. That might have been the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if it was him singing or Drew McIntyre singing Oasis. Uh, or any non-wrestling fans. Um, live wrestling yeah. weekend where Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury decided to have a karaoke contest at the end. Uh, yeah, very, very weird. Um, the fans seem to like it. I'm not sure they did, are they? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were singing along, so that's a well, lot. No, I mean, the whole 70,000, there was less than that singing. And yeah. I mean, probably less than 10% of that was singing. Oh, so bad. I actually like Tyson Fury singing at the end of boxing because it's, I don't know, it just seemed a lot more. Oh, that was just terrible. But who's going to tell him to stop? That's it. Last in, first So, on that note, then, Dave, take it away. Mm-hmm. What have you got for us? <laughs> uh, right, so um, the website is cm97.co.uk. <laughs> Uh, it is, we're going back to seven days a week, so they'll be log every day of the week for you on Channel 1998. Uh, and the YouTube channel is coming back, um, very soon, because we've had no less than three people ask when it's coming back, which is like half our viewership, so yeah, we'll get that done at some point. Um, and who knows, maybe there'll be some American pie on there. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. So your next recording of anything on the YouTube, you've just got to be singing it in the background now. Hey, Carol, for yourself, what we what were we working on just now? Yes, it's uh, Ollie. Still at Tixman Nadine on Twitter, going through A to Z of Everton. Hopefully, more positive po- positivity coming soon. So have a look at that. And Sai, um, nice to have you back. Um, I mean, I'm sure it will be for a few more weeks. But gracious <laughs> with your presence, we feel privileged. Um, let everybody know where they can find you because they'll have forgotten by now. So we might have to refollow you, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, on Twitter at Sai Regan and for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast and the website 7500thehold.com. It was nice to be back. No, it's it's good to have you back. It's been fun having the having the four on proper round. Um, hopefully, hopefully this happens for many more weeks. Um, although anybody listening, I can't promise that with Simon. Um, <laughs> we are Man in the Post. You can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Chris and the gang will be out Friday evening, Saturday mornings. Uh, we will be with you every Monday. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, um, tweet us, ask us questions. We will be happy to oblige, mostly. Um, but thank you again for listening. Thank you, gentlemen, as always, for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Ali. And always remember, keep your man in the post.